0: This is Above Grade with J. S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. Welcome to Above Grade, where each week we discuss the construction landscape here in Central Ohio. This is Bryce Jacob from J.S. Brown and Company. I'm here with Greg Hansberry and back for second week in a row, Mike Lang from Able Roofing. Woo 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 woo. woo Thank you very much. For part two. Part two. We could go to part three. We're having so much fun with us. Who knows? You no, want to just keep it? coming back? We'll and well,
1: this is his third episode overall yeah so he's he's I think uh up there with um hmm. wow. with Nina from Cambria
0: oh, oh yeah she from was a here all the time she's always got a new twist on why to get into the studio she mm-hmm. just loves she always bringing us well she says she's gonna bring us chocolate yeah, that's not. What are you going to bring us, Mike? I
2: have no chocolate today, but I'll see what I can do next time.
1: At f- when you, when you uh, are on five, you get a nice blazer. The <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> five times yeah, Everyone club. does. Yeah, well, Nina's working on her blazer. She's got one more episode, and we, we have to put it on. So last week we were talking about brick. We were talking about masonry and um, the types of mortar and all that good stuff. If you missed that, you want to listen to it, but it isn't instrumental necessarily in what we're going to cover today because there's a lot more that we want to talk about here with stone masonry. So I got to ask you about stone because I like it a lot. I love oh, the look of stone awesome. on the Who outside of like the house. It? But there's really kind of two two stones, right? There's natural stone and mm-hmm. then there's cultured stone. Correct. And cultured stone is looking a lot better than it used to.
2: Um, Yes. Yes. Cultured stone currently looks pretty good, but it is not stone even remotely. <laughs> it is thick stucco is what it is. Well, all so, right. So,
0: yeah, walk us through that because obviously there's a cost difference when you're trying to mine the stone that uh, we've had from the local quarries put in a lot of the homes in Upper Arlington. Sure. And uh, you're trying to match that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little tricky to do unless you go back to the real stuff.
2: Yeah, can be. So, I mean, if you do uh, are fortunate enough to have a real stone home and there's plenty in Grandview, Marble Cliff, uh, Arlington, Bexley, Clintonville. Yes. I mean, that. so it's, a, it's an architectural style that fits with central Ohio. Um, it's a lot of limestone. That's what's naturally occurring. That's what's quarried here. So you should be able to match it up. I mean, you might have to do some, some looking to find it. But if you do have a real stone veneer on your house, uh, I'd consider yourself very fortunate. Um, keep it in good repair. Keep it in good shape. Uh, you may want to waterproof it to keep it looking good. But you are in very, very uh, good condition. That's, that's a very low-maintenance exterior for your house.
0: It looks cool, too.
2: And it looks looking awesome. At some pictures and, here. You, and you can't beat it.
0: You know, the three pigs, not one of them had a stone They home.
2: couldn't upgrade. Yeah, pigs, that's that's a real upgrade for pigs. I mean, brick is about as high as you're going to get. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like a smokehouse. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Makes yeah, they, sense.
2: They did not have stone available where they lived, perhaps. All right. So but, but we do have Ryan plenty of stone ridden. here. But we have plenty of stone here. And again, because that's a big part of the architectural style, um, I think that's why cultured stone has become so popular in central Ohio. So cultured stone is, uh, you ever make mud pies when you're a kid? Rice? Well, Greg, we talked, you know, about, we this talked last about this land. last week, and uh, I don't think
0: I made mud pies. I, I really in, don't up remember Up in that. Sylvania, there was no mud pie activity? Well, well I don't know that we... I, <laughs> we did a lot of stuff in the mud, but okay. make pies, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I made a... Uh, Mud snowballs, okay. you know, just th- to throw at my yeah. sister. What's a, what's a mud pie? Just like a, you know, I mean, a mud cake maybe. I don't know why we made I do love made pies, them. but I don't <laughs> know why. Uh, I don't know fun. why we
2: made them, but we actually made them. It was uh, just a stupid little thing we did. But you, made, you, you took the mud, smashed it together on a board, you pushed it down. Uh, that is what cultured stone is. So cultured oh. stone is basically grown-up mud pies. So you take concrete, you take a mold, uh, like a baker's mold, like for cupcakes, and you sprinkle some uh, dry powdery uh, cement in there, and then you pack the concrete in there. Come back the next day, flip it out again. You now have cultured, cultured stone. stone. So it's pretty low-tech manufacturing process. Why can I mean, something
0: I did stupid as a kid turned mm-hmm. into like a big industry?
2: Well, we're still, we're still hoping. <laughs> yeah, well, there's still hope for you yet, because <laughs> you did so many stupid things.
0: I did. <laughs> you know,
2: there's a, there is a lot. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, capture this one either. I made a lot of mud pies, but I never turned them into a wall cladding, So, mm-hmm. uh, but cultured stone again done well, and again, some I, I'm not trashing it necessarily, done well, it's a great system, looks really, really good, there are some very good quality products out there, um, sadly what I see is not that, I see the poorly installed, poorly evolved, poorly manufactured products, and the poorly done ones, the uh, finish washes away the water gets inside of them they don't really have the right drainage mechanism behind them so basically they get saturated they sit with water and uh, start to rot away your building so they can be a real problem so if you do have cultured stone i i would suggest you take a good look at it and just be informed of these things so you can make sure you get well, in front of these problems.
0: I, I'm curious, how, how does someone know by looking at it? You know, if I'm a homeowner and mm-hmm. I'm going out to look at stone and there's a cult, this cultured stone and there's this cultured stone and one is uh, $15 a square foot and the other one's $12 a square foot, mm-hmm. how do I know what I'm getting? I mean, the, the, the finish on them, isn't it going to look like stone?
2: Uh, it's going to look enough like stone. Yeah, yeah again, quality, quality <laughs> does matter, price does matter. You get more, you usually pay more. Uh, there, I can't say there's necessarily name brands attached to one or the other, but suppliers are a good source of resource for that for you. Um, So they'll
0: tell you, Hey, don't buy this product from us.
2: Uh, I think they'll steer you one way or the other. So Mm -hmm. that would be just do your, do your homework as best you can. And again, good quality products, you know, you can tell it's not, it's, it's not that secret, but get involved in that decision. So don't just let them put something on, ask them what they recommend, ask them why they recommend it. And if it's, you know, the recommendations, because I use it all the time, I've had great success with it, that's a very good reason. If it's always oh, it on sale this week at, you know, Joe's uh, Stucco Barn, probably not a good reason to use it.
0: Never been there. Mm-hmm. So yep. Hey, <laughs>
2: I love Joe's. <laughs> of
0: course yeah, you your do. finest stucco, it's Joe's Stucco <laughs> Barn. Yeah, I hear you're uh, making uh, wood racks for them now. <laughs> hey, Selling in the, the back The first 40. one was a success, so yeah. <laughs> that's right, the prototype all right, awesome. So, when you're working with stone or cultured stone, is there a way to repair it if, if it chips, damages? Uh, is obviously, real stone is going to be a little bit different than mm-hmm. cultured. But what do you do?
2: Real stone, if it chips, not a big deal. You just have a cleaner spot on your wall. So that's <laughs> kind of the nice thing with that. The key with that is just to make sure your flashings, your windows um, are in good shape. Your grade is away from the house. You know that it's in good repair, shedding water and uh you may want to grind it and tuck point the mortar joints the stone itself is going to last pretty long the stone's like 450 million years old before it goes in your building so it's going to last a good long while but the mortar is not the
0: house yeah the
2: mortar is not so you want to make sure the mortar is in good repair uh cultured stone is uh a little different uh cultured stone is going to be you want to make sure your flashings behind it are good you want to make sure it's not collecting water and holding water and then cultured stone is one of those things you may want to look very seriously <laughs> into uh, getting it cleaned and then waterproofing it because it those assemblies do collect and hold a lot of water.
0: So if it breaks, mm-hmm. Good way to repair it.
2: Yeah, they repair it with segmented, oh. so you can grind out a section, you can break out a section, um, and that's a good time to inspect behind it. So if mm-hmm. you do have a few broken, you got to ask yourself why they're broken. One of the other things we'll talk about in masonry is uh, something called efflorescence. This is not effervescence. That's in your ginger ale. Efflorescence is the white powdery stuff. You'll see it on your brick. You'll see it on your concrete on the outside of your house. You'll see it. Hopefully, you won't see it on your cultured stone. But if you do, um, it's a concern because what that is, that's not water getting in. That's water getting out of the stone. And when the water comes Mm -hmm. out of the stone Mm -hmm. or the brick, it's bringing all the salts from the mortar with it. And then the water dissipates and the salts stay behind. So the efflorescence itself isn't a problem. It's more indicating what's behind it. Which is water? That's so where it should be. That there's a problem. It's a tell that there's a problem. So if you see a lot of that, you might want to have somebody come out, take a look, dig into the wall a little bit, and see what's going on. So
0: now you you'll see this in block walls as Correct. well. I've seen it Correct. a lot in basements. Anything with
2: anything with concrete, you can have effervescence. My refrigerator,
0: I've seen effervescence.
2: Effervescence is in, in your my, fridge. Very in my good. Ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's how you tell the difference.
0: <laughs> one's in ginger ale, and the other one's coming through <laughs> block. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that seems like an easy way to tell. So when, when that happens with block, same thing. Does that mean that the the water coming around the foundation could be coming through that,
2: that block? And what do you do? It bears investigation. So sometimes it's not a big deal. It washes off. It cleans right off. There's lots of products available to clean it. But, I mean, if it keeps coming back, um, I would think it's a good idea to have a professional take a look and make sure you're not causing other problems.
0: All right. So last week we talked at length about brick and how it's installed um, and what you do to make sure that there's uh, weep holes, there's all this great stuff going on. There's the vapor barriers. There's air movement. Uh, water can go behind it. Is is installation essentially the same for both of these stone and cultured stone, or is there a big difference?
2: Stone itself, stone is usually going well. Stone, a uh, so current stone veneer is going to be just like brick. It's going to be installed with an airspace behind it. It's going to be tagged to the building with a mace with a metal tie. Um, but is it's it cultured. Gonna, uh, no, real stone. Real stone, real stone okay. veneer. So if you have a real stone veneer, I wouldn't be concerned about it. It's going to have an airspace. It's going to have a good uh, WRB, water-resistive barrier. That can be tar paper. That can be Tyvek.
0: W- that R-R-B, can be one of those things.
2: That? But WRB is got the uh, the slang. Your wife's going to love that one. That's a good acronym. Get some so, WRB on this. Good w- yeah. WRB. Uh, so that'll be there. The problem with cultured stone is cultured stone does not really have that airspace behind it. Cultured stone is and stucco, for that matter. So stucco and cultured stone... Um, what we've had is an evolution in how the product is installed. So it used to be installed a long time ago. Stucco was installed on old 30-pound uh, felt, mm-hmm. which is asphalt felt, which is actually old uh, rags from the textile industry. And it was impregnated with asphalt. And it was a really wrinkly product. And you say, what well, does that matter? Uh, it matters a great deal because what it did is it created an airspace between the wood construction it was and crinkly. the stucco. So oh. it's crinkly. It was automatically crinkly because of how it was made. Well, we changed that product. That product, there's no domestic industry, so there's no rags anymore. So there's no organic spun fiber. So they use other things, fiberglass and other things like that. And so you have a really smooth product. Hmm. Because everyone
0: was busy making mud pies. Because they're making (laughs) mud pies. So
2: again, why does that matter? It matters a great deal. They just didn't know that it did. So what you now have is you have that stone and that stucco wet assembly pressed right up against a wood assembly, which needs to stay dry. You can see the problem there. So what happens is that membrane, that WRB, would basically just rot in place, and sadly we we take off a lot of that around mm-hmm. Columbus. Um, so there's a lot of stuff installed in late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, it's a real problem. The wood's rotting behind. Um, water's trapped inside. So unfortunately, well, the stone that's a, just falls off the house. Uh, the stone falls off the house, but the stone falls off the house because everything is rotten behind There's it. Nothing, but, yeah. so that's kind of a problem because that could be your garage door header that could be, you know, holding up your house down
0: onto your car. That yeah, out
2: washing. Yeah, or your deck, de- your deck uh, detaches from the back of your house. Some of these things we've seen. So yeah, so cultured stone, not, not that's all bad, but when it goes bad, it goes very bad. So these days, what they'll make us do is we'll do two layers. So they'll do, actually, they make a crinkle paper. Tyvek mm-hmm. makes a crinkly paper. So you do a smooth paper and a crinkly paper, and that creates that drain screen, that rain, that drain plane, where water can build up behind it and then drain out of the building.
0: What do you know of Aqua Barrier?
2: Aqua Barrier is a good product. There's lots of uh, different water pr- waterproofing uh, systems. There's also water-managed systems. So Aqua Barrier is a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, water-managed means it's going to collect water, and that's going to shed water in the end. So you really want to have both of those. So a lot of people say, well, why don't I just put uh, Thompson's water seal on this old cultured stone that's leaky? And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad idea, but I can't say it's a fix. But if you, you know, if that's what the budget allows, um, it's certainly better than nothing. So I would take a good hard look. Um, I'd want you to get in front of the problem before it causes any interior damage. And if that's, you know, what you can do at this point, it's not a bad first step.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, I'm going to do the math here. You basically said mud pies equal uh, cultured stone. Correct. Cultured stone equals really thick stucco. Thick stucco. And so walk us through what stucco is, and does it even make
2: sense to use in this climate? Stucco um, is a great product, Um, again, installed well. So it's installed, uh, so there's a WRB, right? Got that, Greg? WRB? Water-resistant barrier. Very good. Nice. So you put that on first. WRB. Yo. So you get your flashings and your ASAP. WRB, ASAP, BRB. PDQ, mm-hmm. so you get all that done, and then you put your stucco on. So stucco, um, done right, there's this thing called diamond lath. It's an expanded metal lath, so it'll tear your fingers to shreds. It is not fun to work with, but it holds stucco like crazy. So if you see chicken wire on a job, chicken wire, you know what that looks like.
0: I do. Yeah, yeah. you well, don't I used want to raise chickens yeah, too.
2: Th- that's terrible. So that's what you were doing instead of making mud pies, you were raising chickens. I was raising chickens. <laughs> yeah, You're
0: working at my uh, my valet skills. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I would. So if chickens. you see
2: chicken wire, uh, hopefully people are getting away from using that. But you do need a wire. It's a laugh, and that actually will help hold that mortar to the wall. And there'll be two layers of that. One's called one's called the brown coat. That's the first coat. And why do you think it's called the brown coat? Uh, it's, it's not um, painted. It's brown. It's brown. It's usually brown because they use cheap sand. So the cheap, cheap sand, sand is brown, and they put that on. It's called the brown coat. And then your next coat is uh, called the scratch coat. Uh, because it's scratched on. Yeah, pretty much. It's because you make a scratchy sound with your trowel when you're putting on because that's called the scratch coat. <laughs> so you have two coats of stucco, and then you come back with a finished coat. And that going to be the final coat. And that's your final they coat. That might be
0: colored. And it could yeah. be,
2: it's the, the nice thing about stucco is you don't have to paint it. So it has a color finished inside. It'll last you a good long time. Um, there's stucco homes in Columbus that have been probably in very good repair for 70, 80 years.
0: So the stucco is going to breathe um, and it's going to hold water as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio weather.
2: Yeah. It's going to hold water. So the key is the old stucco they'd put it on and they'd put it on thick. So it would probably be an inch and a quarter, inch and a half. A lot of stucco, a lot of Portland cement, that 30 pound felt we're talking about creates an airspace. Again, I don't see problems with that installation. What I see problems with is as things get skinnier, things get newer. So Mm -hmm. a new installation might be half an inch thick, three eighths of an inch thick, um, and that's can that can take on a lot of water, uh, be very thin. You can have failure in one of those layers, water behind it, and uh, that's when you get into real issues with stucco and not shedding water and not because uh, it's all going to collect water. All this stuff is water, yeah. is wet. Mm-hmm. It's going to hold it. It's, it's porous. You're not going to keep the water out of it, and that's fine as long as there's a path out.
0: I've just seen so many homes in Columbus that have stucco on the homes with large cracks all over the outside of the house every year they grow because Mm -hmm. the water holds, expands, spreads that crack apart. Mm -hmm. It just gets worse and worse.
2: And again, all concrete wants to square itself. The reason your driveway is cut into square sections Mm -hmm. is because it wants to square itself. Your sidewalks are cut into four by four sections because it wants to square itself. Stucco is no exception. So if you take an expanse that's 38 feet by 17 feet and you try and spread half inch thick concrete over that, it wants to square itself and cut into sections. So if it's really cracked and really a problem, it used to be one of those things you can do some patches. You know, they would always tell you never to paint it. Um, that math has changed. That uh, decision has changed. There's a lot of products these days. If you have leaky stucco, cracks all over. It's intact. It's not falling off the building. My recommendation these days is to uh, to seal those cracks and then paint it.
0: Yeah. You hide it. You know... I- We get a lot of people who will, uh, just like we were talking about brick last week, you know, change the openings in a house. you got a stucco wall or changing a window, the size of the window, reducing the size, eliminating, relocating, whatever it might be, and they've got a big stucco wall. Tell me about patching
2: it. Stucco patching will never match. Thank you. Never, ever, ever. So I can use, and I have done. I have done a home that's two or three years old. I do a lot of condos, so condos three years old. They have the same batch, the same mix from the builder in the garage. We use that same mix, different color. It won't match. Hydration matters, temperature, how quick it dries. So even if you use the same exact product, it's not going to match. It looks like a patch. It looks like a patch.
0: Even when you paint it, it looks like a patch. Uh, well, I mean,
2: no. If you, again, if you, if you do a good patch um, and you get the texture right, when you paint it, you do not see the patch. So yeah. I'm going to go back to painting again. Well, if you can get the texture right, which is not always easily done, and texturing stucco is like uh, painting a picture. Rembrandts don't look like Picassos. That's just how they look. They, the guy who's doing it or gal who's doing it has her own look or stamp or color or texture. It's really hard sometimes to blend that again. I
0: have just found that when you're patching it in an area, even if you get the texture perfect, it will, it will crack around what you patched mm. over time versus what was there and what's what's new and you get this outline of, of where you patched it anyway so my advice to folks has always been if you want to uh, change an opening in stucco you've got to go from the entire wall tear it off and put new on then you, if you're you don't cer- want to see you're,
2: it you're certainly better if you never want to see it you either have to put a detail around that window or you you are better off taking yeah it all the well
0: yeah if you did a trim piece that, mm-hmm. that was wide enough mm-hmm. you know maybe take it out of the character or everything else but Yeah, I just I don't do it anymore. You used to do it, and you'd tell them it's not going to match exactly. You're going to see it, and then they go, "Well, if I knew it looked like this, I didn't think you meant that." that." Yeah, Yeah, we've we've all had that conversation.
1: (laughs) What's the advantages of stucco, or is it just uh, aesthetic uh, choice? I
2: think I think it's I think it's um, part of what was popular in Columbus. I think it's considered a quality finish, which it is. It is a quality finish, Um, and I think they've done they did a good job of. Of installing it years mm-hmm. ago, that doesn't mean it's the right product today. Sure. So again, the nice thing is, so if I, if you lived in a concrete block home, you lived in an Adobe block home in Ast- in Arizona, stucco that thing, you'll be so happy. Live in Florida, stucco your block, your concrete block home, it'll look like a million bucks. You never have to do Forever. anything with it. Yeah. When you live in a wood frame home in construct in Central Ohio, that's uh, going to freeze and thaw and shrink and move and settle. Putting a rigid system on a flexible building can be challenging. And that's what stucco is. It's a rigid system.
0: Mm-hmm. So it cracks a lot. hmm Around here, you go down Florida. Yeah, it's everywhere down there on the block homes. Mm-hmm. Should be. Yeah. You don't want to put cedar down there.
2: It's a, <laughs> exactly. There's a reason these things are used in different places. That's right.
0: Uh, and that's probably time for us to do a little tip of the week. Well, yeah, right? I think so.
2: It's time for the tip of the week.
0: If you're looking for a home maintenance project to do during halftime this fall, consider patching any cracks that may be in your driveway. Winter is abusive on concrete and asphalt. When water gets in a crack and freezes, it can expand and then crack even more. The thawing and freezing effect just makes those cracks keep growing wider and wider. So take time out and fix those cracks. And that's your tip for the week. Now let's get back to Mike. There we go. So driveways too, whether that's asphalt or, or concrete, you know, I know that we, you mentioned that your uh, concrete has those expansion, expansion joints intended in there. Mm -hmm. And so maybe not patch those, but other cracks that you see uh, do a little bit of maintenance on those help, help prevent those things from settling. But I have found with concrete in particular, uh, there has a tendency for them to heave or separate Mm -hmm. uh, at those expansion joints. So it doesn't stay level. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going through on the, uh, just a little sidewalk
1: path up to our up to our door. They've cracked at those spots that they're supposed to crack, but yet now they're heaving up and they're uneven. And uh, yeah, we, that's just on my to do list. One more thing, sure. I, you know, I can only build so many uh, fire fire wood racks and you can't build a wood yeah. rack every
2: weekend. <laughs> well, you can get if there if there are some that are sunken, you can raise them. Mm-hmm. You can have them raised. There's sure. some good companies dig in town who who mm-hmm. dig them out and they'll actually pump up uh, grout underneath them and raise them very successfully. Lasts a while. Um, if they're getting lifted, it's usually a tree root, mm-hmm. and that's a little tougher to deal with. So you got to take it out, trim the tree root, if you can, re pour it. So that's a little trickier fix, but yeah, that becomes a trip hazard. Or you can grind them down. You can have somebody come out and actually grind yeah. them down, and that's not a bad idea. I've seen the city for do a that while. on sidewalks. <laughs> yeah, because trip hazards are a real concern. So commercial <laughs> properties, you're gonna see a lot of concrete grinding. shaved, mm-hmm. shaved concrete, shaved concrete.
0: Right. Well, uh, a lot of homes have. Uh, concrete steps put up right up against the house, right. and they have a tendency to sag back because of the overdig when they put the foundation in, and all that that ground has settled over time. So we see that a lot. So your your point of pumping grout in underneath it, it's a great application for it. But you probably get resettling of that as well over time. Can happen. So patios do that as well. Additions sometimes get, getting put on a home. We've watched a, a, a patio actually heave and, and mm-hmm. pitch water back toward the foundation, which is not what you want to have happen. Because what you, what you don't you really don't want
2: is you don't want your new addition to walk out onto mud for two years, which is kind of what it needs to do because yeah. <laughs> it needs to settle for two years before you put that patio in there. Yep. So even the best uh, intended uh, contractors who put compacted fill and soil, you can't you can't duplicate what Mother Nature is going right. to do. So there's only so much you can do to backfill.
0: So talk to me about uh, this EFIS. Sure. What's, what's the difference between that and stucco?
2: So EFIS is uh, basically synthetic stucco. So you'll see this on a uh, commercial building a lot. Um, you'll see it, and you'll see usually where it's a uh, shopping cart hit at the wall, and you say, my God, is this thing built out of styrofoam coolers? And yes, it is. Yeah, well, no, it's not <laughs> built out of them. It's just clad with styrofoam coolers. Mm. So it looks like uh, it is styrofoam. It's expanded po- expanded polystyrene. And uh, you can shape it with a rasp, so you can file it, you can cut it, you can shape it, and you can do those fancy corners. And then you put a fiberglass mesh over it, and then you do two layers or three layers of acrylic stucco. So acrylic stucco is synthetic. Um, it is not Portland cement. It is actually um, like paint. It's a heavy paint with some granules, and the acrylic resin ties everything together. Not bad. It is a good system. Um, The problem is with these things, there's an evolution. So they come out with these things. It's the best things in sliced bread. Oh, by the way, you have to caulk every joint. Never put holes in it. Don't let your electricians come through and put wires in. Don't put any lights in. Don't do anything. Don't hang any signs. Don't do any of these things that you'll do on your house, and you'll be fine. Um, Because that acrylic does not breathe in this application. It actually traps, and it also traps that moisture up against the building. So that the way they would do that um, old school, not old school, late 90s, early 2000s, they would actually stick and glue that styrofoam right to the house. No WRB because they didn't need it. They didn't think. So what happens is it's trapping that moisture up against your wood framing again, um, counting on the outside to be your water shedding Mm -hmm. element. So if you go down to the Carolinas, your old stomping grounds there, Bryce, go down to Florida, uh, some parts of California, but more wet climates, horrible failure, horrible failures, rotting walls, moisture trapped in the Mm -hmm. walls. So, again, anything done these days is going to be water managed. It's going to have a path for water to get behind it because they've learned you can't keep the water out, bring the water in, shed the water away. Even a great system like EFAS will shed water. So we do a lot of EFAS more um, repairs. We do repairs around windows. Um, It is a good system. Um, We do a lot of details with it. So if we're doing a lot of stucco work. Again, if you're adding doors and windows and you want to add that trim piece, but make it look like stucco, we'll put that in there. We'll Mm -hmm. do some corners. We'll dress up some older stucco. again, all these things can be done well. And when I share these things, it's just because I see them. I don't do new construction. I only do repair. I only do retrofit. And sadly, I'm only doing things when they're pretty big problems on property. So I see a lot of these things failing, unfortunately. So if you have that, again, just make sure you've got a good repair mechanism. you get a good plan for keeping it dry. And, again, there's lots and lots of repair products to make sure that's in good shape.
0: So what leads to that, uh, some of these problems, uh, which I want to cover flashings, et cetera, here in a moment. Mm-hmm. But w- we have a, a client who had the EIFS on their entire home, and we've we've changed it to stucco. So we've pulled it all off, and one of the reasons why, they liked the, the look, but the performance of it was not good. They had birds building nests all sure. over their entire oh, house. Yeah. They maybe had 12 nests around mm-hmm. the entire house where the birds have dug in and have a nice, warm, well-insulated little home. Mm-hmm. Is that common? Because I, I have seen birds put holes in, in homes many times, especially mm-hmm. cedar, but they're going after bugs. They're not eating wood. What would inspire them to go through this?
2: Well, the first is usually bugs. So they're going yeah. after bugs first. So bugs find a hole in there, and then the birds are always looking for cool things to build their nest out of or new spots to live. So yep. we see it. There was a big early 90s. There was a big push in low-slope roofs, so flat roofs to most people. And they would do spray foam roofs. And they're great. Mm -hmm. You put spray foam on. It's like great stuff in a can. You spray it all over the roof. Get this new roof. And then you put a layer on the top. And it's awesome for 10 years. It's got like a 10-year warranty. 10 years and five days in, it starts failing on the top. And then you'll go and you'll actually see big voids. And you'll go and you'll see nests on the corner of the building usually Mm -hmm. full of these styrofoam chunks. So it's, uh, it's just a good nesting material and they can't help it. So again, the, the problem there is the water. It's not, it's the, not birds. the birds fault. It's not you and your birds, Bryce. It's not the birds. <laughs> it's, the, it's the building materials failing. So, that's, so you're not wrong to do that. They're not wrong to go back to Portland um, based stucco. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a more durable finish for them. Plus it's going to breathe. And again, the key with any of these things is proper flashings, staying dry, staying in good shape.
0: I get one bird in the chimney, and it's me and my birds.
2: It's one bird. It doesn't take much to build a no, reputation, bro. It really doesn't, my goodness. Bryce, the, the bird crazy man. bird guy. Yeah. <laughs> the bird
0: man. <laughs> That's right. It's a tweet show you're listening to. Um, so let's talk flashing. Sure. I love flashing. Uh,
2: so flashing on a building is going to be uh, what sheds <laughs> water. And what typically we see as a failure, it's not that anybody's trying to do a bad job. What we usually see is I'll call it an order of operations problem. So the guy who's putting in the windows comes in too soon or too late. So the flashing that's supposed to go under the window isn't in place yet. Mm-hmm. But he's got his windows and, you know, where they're going to go. So he puts them in. In the opening. And yeah. then they say, well, we'll flash around them later. And then the guy who comes to do the stucco should have the windows flashed over. So he says, well, you know, I, I got the stuff, you know, so he puts the stucco on. Or actually the other way around, I usually see the trim carpenter then shows up. And the stucco is supposed to go to the windows with trim over it, but trim carpenters there that day. So he puts trim around the windows and then the stucco goes to the window trim. And the window trim these days is usually that smart side. I'm sure you guys are pulling off tons of that Uh, smart trim. And it is good, good product. I mean, until it gets wet and unfortunately it's on the outside of your house. So it tends to get wet. So we see an order operations problem and incorrect flashings. Again, these are the 38 cents a linear foot things that will cost you thousands of dollars because yeah. they're not done right.
0: It's interesting, and we talk about this a lot in our company because we, um, we are very committed to doing flashing properly, and it's, it's kind of like doing it in the right order. You don't, you don't uh, tuck your raincoat into your pants. <laughs> and, and you see a lot of that done, actually. I've watched, driven by a lot of new homes where they started at the top, with the Tyvek, and then they wrap the, the next coat around it, and then they just tape the seam. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to eventually let water just get in there and collect and, and ruin the siding. But the, um, the, the measures you go, have to go to aren't even regulated. Um, there's no, in, you have an inspection for everything on these jobs except for flashings. And it's the one thing water causes so much damage. Just to your very point, it's, it's pennies on the dollar for the cost to install properly versus to repair. Down the road, I mean, it's devastating. My my father in law is dealing, has been dealing with it. I should say for, for ten years in the house that he's in right now, with uh, improper flashing and the stone coming off the house because there's water behind it, and his wall literally rotted out. Oh yeah, into It'll, the dining room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> all the fa- way It through. fails
2: from the backside. Yeah. So again, they'll say, well, there's house wrap behind it. There's that WRB behind it. It's like. Yeah, but if they didn't put that on the right way and it tucks in the wrong way or behind the wrong thing. And again, the uh, education on this um, is lax. Um, It's behind the curve. So we actually have Tyvek come in, DuPont, now Dow. Um, We have them come in every six months and train us, train our whole team. We go through an actual hands-on application. They have us in the back. We fold the paper. We fold the flashings. We do the tapes. And again... It's more tape, more flashing, more sealant isn't the right answer. It's putting it in the right places in the right sequences. Because, for example, the bottom of the window, most guys will say, oh, I taped that. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't tape the bottom of the window because you don't want to trap, trap the moisture there. Moisture, you want right. to not tape that joint, but you have to tape the one on top. Um, and, you know, it's, well, I bought the tape and I put it up. Well, yeah. wrong that's, ways. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, 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 it's. it's Should it's, have put it, a cup in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and again, you have to, th- it's, uh, it's not that hard to think like a drip. Um, you would think you just have to think like you're a drop of water, but sometimes that becomes challenging. Um, and then the building the building uh, codes don't always keep up with this; they're behind the times a little bit too. So for years, it's not like
0: making, we need another code, but it's almost like th- these are where we need them.
2: These well, these are where we need all need the best building science so we know what's happening. But for years, they made us put up a you know visqueen plastic you know vapor barrier right. inside the wall. what that did is it actually trapped moisture in the wall which was crazy but the code required it and the code takes five to six years to correct itself and catch up
0: and they don't pay for anything
2: and they pay for nothing the homeowner pays for it all (laughs)
0: lovely isn't it sorry folks i'm glad you guys are the pros (laughs) you're just yeah i'm already lost great (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get get back into renting (laughs) right get rid of our own homes my gosh the honeydew list is growing uh, yeah all of ours are especially with winter coming it is a good time to go out and do a walk around and just check everything and make sure that there isn't uh, there aren't areas where water can get into your home
2: and if in doubt, get a good contractor out, take a walk through, take an assessment you know a good contractor's not going to sell you on anything a good contractor's going to show you what the problems yeah. are and so you can be knowledgeable and educated and there's lots and lots of good folks out there to help you with that.
0: Mike, and I know you're one of them, and I really appreciate you coming on two weeks in a row and uh, enlightening us with masonry, because it does matter, part one and part two. So thank you for being here again. My pleasure. It was awesome. Greg, you got any parting thoughts? Any? Uh, have you been thinking like a drip?
1: I have, and I, uh, I've i discovered the importance of a WRB. Yeah,
0: WRB, me, um, ASAP. BRB. BRB. <laughs> Well, we get to have fun like this every week right here on Above Grade, and we appreciate you joining us, and make sure you tune in for other episodes, download them all that you possibly can, binge listen over the weekend. You can do that by going to JSBrownCompany.com. Also, you can go to iTunes, check it out, and uh, or your favorite uh, podcasting app, and you'll find Above Grade there. It's one of the best, most downloaded shows on the planet. It's hot right now. It's hot. It's where it's at. So, do that. Make sure you rate and review us. Let us know how we're doing. Till next week, Bryce Jacob here with J.S. Brown and Company, wishing you a great week to build some.
1: Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.